What's up, hockey fans? This is episode 98 of the Clappercast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by my co-host, Sean. Sean, it's been a lot of uh, signings in free agency here. How's it going? I've been sitting here listening to the sound of silence on repeat for the last week. Just hello, darkness, <laughs> my old friend. I'm watching the Oilers this offseason, and it's just it's just spiraling downwards for me. <laughs> Straight up not having a good time over there. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there's a they're making some interesting moves for sure. Um, you know, today's episode we're going to talk about the Atlantic Division and kind of where the teams are at so far uh, in that division. But man, the Oilers. Well, when we get to them, you're going to have a real <laughs> fun episode, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to mentally prepare for the trauma of that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have to get ready prepare yourself it's coming all right well i guess first up uh is uh, the boston bruins um and i think they've kind of like stayed a roughly the same for me um there's some pretty notable notable uh people who have left the team um and they've kind of brought in some people who seem to be pretty much at the same level maybe you know depends which guy you're looking at but uh i mean I think one of the the biggest thing that they've done so far is that they have re-signed Taylor Hall to a contract, so he's staying there um, for a uh, a four-year, six million dollar per season deal. So you know he seemed to fit in pretty well with that team, and um, they they wanted him back. So I don't know, kind of nice to see him stay in a place and get that longer contract and see if he can you know help take them to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's basically slotted in as the second-line left wing on that team. So to get him for $6 million per season, fairly reasonable. The hope is that on a better team with a better structure, better system, he'll actually fit in more and, um, you know, find more consistency in his play because he sort of struggled since that uh, MVP-winning season. So if he can stay in the lineup and, you know, find some chemistry with... Uh, actually whoever else is on that second line because they've lost david krejci who was centering that before mm-hmm. so it's probably gonna be like charlie Coyle or something bumping up yeah which is uh a noticeable decline for me losing krejci for them is, is huge you know he's a career bruin yeah. um has been you know i think he's one of the longest tenured bruins if not the most longest tenured and um you know he's been with the team for a long time and i think his absence is going to be very noticeable he had a really good season and he's you know retiring from the nhl to go play back at home in the czech republic so yeah that, that hurts for sure yep. um for that team they, they brought in you know nick felino which was kind of an interesting that's a very um, boston player though yeah you it know, is between, like, um, between felino Halla, and noshik like those are kind of very boston boston forwards i think yeah yeah for sure and so I think their bottom six might uh, have improved a little bit, but that top six, like I don't, I don't know if uh, Charlie Coyle is going to be able to to replace Krejci's center ability, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like their top nine might be pretty good, but that top six might be on a bit of on the weekend, you know, after that quote unquote perfection line. Um, there's definitely a bit of a drop off, I think, but their power play should should be pretty good, you know, but. Um, and then uh, Kevin Miller, you know, he retired. Um, they lost, uh, who was it, um, Lausanne in the um, expansion draft. Uh, they were able to re-sign Mike Riley, uh, and they brought in Derek Forbort as well. That's uh, a, so that, that seems like a lot for Forbort, but I think probably he'll get a decent shot on Boston's blue line, so I think that's probably going to end up working out okay if, if he can uh, provide a bit more of a defensive presence that – I think maybe they they would need because he's a he's a huge shot blocker if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's a big guy, physical guy. Uh, he signed that three year, three million contract. Um, so, you know, I think we talked about this um, near the end of the season, just about how Boston's de- defense was kind of on the small side, um, and you know, a lot of teams are doing this. We saw it with Seattle with their expansion, but their teams are kind of going to that big D man 
kind of yeah now that world. now that the bigger defenders have learned to skate and keep up with the pace of play you're kind of seeing the resurgence of of the size being a focus on the back end um yeah uh you know tampa bay big defense montreal big defense uh dallas when they're in the playoffs big defense um capitals you know there's uh, st louis lots of big big defensemen so you know teams are seeing that you know that gets you far in playoffs and you know perhaps a bit more uh resiliency and being able to absorb hits and stuff like that and in yeah. playoff type hockey and so um you know teams are kind of moving back towards that so i kind of like that move for them yeah. just bringing him in adding that kind of stable big big kind of guy um to balance out you know the matt Grizzlick, you know kind of smaller type d-men um but you know, I, I do think they might still have a little bit of depth issues um, if, if any of their top four guys gets hurt. Well, I think probably the biggest story for the Bruins this offseason is the fact that their entire goalie, tan that their goalies are completely turning over. Um, Tuka Rask is going to be out until at least January, I think, with uh, recovering from surgery. So there isn't even a guarantee that he's going to return. Um, and I don't think the team is too confident of that either because they signed Linus Ulmark to a four-year, $5 million contract per season. So that's pretty telling that they don't think Rask is going to be a long-term fit there anymore. And, of course, Yaroslav Halak went over to Vancouver. Um, so they're basically relying on uh, Jeremy Swayman to take that backup role this season, potentially split it with, with Ulmark in the starter role if, if he continues how he played in Boston at the end of last year. Yeah, it is a big storyline, and you know, I, I I think Rask will probably re-sign for maybe like a one or two year deal or something. But yeah, it's like you know, depending on how his recovery goes, he might not be. Yeah, because he's dealt with injuries and that the what surgery he's having's on his hip, I think too. So that's a bit of a risky one for a goalie to to yeah, know if he's going to be able affect to affect his mobility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll see, but um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of the the start of the segment here i think that they kind of stayed about the same you know i think that they they probably won't um win the division but uh, i think though they're still a playoff team with with the uh, additions that they've made and um you know i think that they probably will be looking to get a center though um for sure um so i guess we'll move on to uh buffalo sabers and the first thing i wanted to mention with them was the fact that they did lead lose linus olmark and it was very surprising because they didn't trade him at the end of the last season and they protected him in the expansion draft and they didn't get a deal done. And I don't blame him for not wanting to play there. He had, a, you know, a, a, all things considered, a pretty good season. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't blame him for not wanting to be playing behind that D-line. So, um, yeah, they, lo they lost their starter. They had to bring in... Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell, and you got to think that um, Uko Pekka Lukonen and uh, maybe even Dustin Tukarski <laughs> are probably going to be like, yeah, you know, getting a, a lot of opportunities there. The, the um, plan for this has to be getting Pekka Lukonen into the into the Sabres crease ASAP because a, a tandem of a forty-year-old Craig Anderson that was apparently convinced to come back and play for another year, uh, and Aaron Dell, who's kind of a career backup type guy who has never really stayed consistent with a team or in the lineup anywhere like i get you're still rebuilding but that's uh that's tank central right there yeah uh i i saw some some people commenting about like is it possible that buffalo's even worse next season uh despite you know having a god-awful season like they could legitimately be worse yeah absolutely and i mean they didn't add anything significant either it was mostly re-signing or bringing in, you know, depth players. And, yeah, and, their, and their first overall pick, I think Owen Power is going back to uh, play university for another year. Well, yeah. So, you know, they uh, they traded out Rasmus Ristolainen, brought in Robert Haig. Um, you know, they still have to sign Rasmus Dahlin and uh, Henry Yokiharyu. Um, they did bring in Will Butcher, who was kind of like the seventh kind of d-man in new jersey um you know they traded out sam reinhardt it, it's it's tough to see this team as improving for sure um you know like looking at their their current signed defenseman colin miller 
Will Butcher, Robert Haig, Mark Pissick, who also plays forward, <laughs> and was again that kind of seventh extra guy, seventh, eighth guy in Dallas last year. And then Jacob Bryson, and like I said, they have to re-sign Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Yogaryu. So that is not a great blue line at the moment. And uh, they they lost Olmark, who kept them in games. So yeah, I don't I don't know. And if they're gonna tr still be working on trading out Jack Eichel, you know the the centerpiece to this team, man, well, there's some rumored trades in the works, but for Eichel, but the return is just not. It doesn't seem like it's good enough in no. any of the ones that I've seen. No, the thing is, like I've I've mentioned this before, that you don't win these trades. Um, it, when you're when you're making a trade, you're giving away a franchise player like Jack Eichel. You are never going to win what gets you know with what you get in return. Um, yeah, they're going to get a few a couple of prospects and a couple of draft picks out of it. But uh, it's not going to replace the impact that Eichel has on the lineup in, in a game-to-game -game basis. And especially with the way uh, the team seems to be handling it and the way Eichel's party is, you know, publicly kind of calling out the organization for, you know, potentially mistreating him and his injury and the situation in general. Yeah, it's just tanking his value, I think. So, you know, the Sabres wanted a, a, a couple of firsts, a prospect, and a solid NHL player or something. I don't think they're getting that anymore. Not not the, yeah. the amount of teams that have dropped out and that can't afford to, to even take on his $10 million. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. They, they definitely have gotten worse, and the situation with Eichel has made it, you know, has compounded the issue. And so I, I they're going to be the bottom for sure in this division yeah, in my opinion i don't think there's a yeah i mean i guess detroit's not great yet either but they're built they'll be better than them yeah because <laughs> you know looking at their roster it's just they have nothing they've got a whole bunch of random third and fourth liners who are going to be playing first line minutes yeah i mean unless dylan cousins just sets the world on fire in his sophomore <laughs> season and, like, point season yeah and starts like you know sniping with jeff skinner and casey middlestat like i i i, can't, I don't know man I mean, strange things happen in sports all the time, but like going into the season, uh, there's no first line. There's no, not even a number two D-man on this team. Um, you know, Rasmus Dahlin had an absolutely god-awful season. Um, what does his contract look like as an RFA? Uh, Casey Middlestad had a, you know, a good second half of the season. What does his contract look like as an RFA? Um, it's just, yeah, the, the the troubles are not over yet in in Buffalo, and it's it's sad to say that, but it's it's really quite apparent just looking yeah. at their roster right now. Yeah, it's one of those situations where it's just yeah, you, you know, you've been going through a rebuild for what 10, 10 plus seasons now, but it's just it has to keep restarting every time they bring in new front office staff, and you know they've just gotten their their latest GM, and it's had to restart again and they're going to be stuck for a little bit longer here getting over some of these bad contracts. You know, once, yeah. once they can kind of get Ocposo and I mean, Skinner's there's no way you're getting out of anywhere with Skinner's contract. Like no one's taking that, but if yeah. you can at least get Ocposo 6 million off the books, then you can kind of start working down, you know, bringing in actual players to <laughs> fill these roster spots instead of whatever you can find from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, moving on to, um, you know, D Detroit, you know, they're a team that's, you know, has been a basement dweller, but, you know, they're definitely a, a much more positive story. The Iser um, plan is real, and it, you can actually see it working. You can you can logically work through what is happening in Detroit and, you know, make it look like it's actually going to be good. Yeah, for sure. There, I mean, there's logic look, to the decisions. You take a look at all of the, like, every contract length has been carefully you know determined to expire at the same time as other other players um you know they it's like i mean you said this to me off off of a show but you mentioned like it looks like they're kind of building to have a team come together in like two seasons you know and have exactly. every, all of their rookies and things come up and yeah you see it you just look at their contracts and it's like you know all of the shitty ones are coming up and there's a lot of great prospects that they have and yeah. 
you know, they've been able, they've been drafting really well. They've, they've been making good trades. They've been signing guys who were, um, you know, not qualified like Pia Suter from Chicago. I think that's a, that's a that snag is a steal. for them. I don't, what is Chicago, like, why did Chicago give up on him? He had an amazing season for, for the type of player he is on that organization. Yeah, they needed the money for Seth Jones, I guess. <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah, you know, like, they've, they, uh, they started at, like, the Iserman's first move when he came to, um, to Detroit was to, to trade for Adam Ernie. Last year, Adam Ernie had a great year. So it made Iserman look like he was, you know, smart, you know, he had, 20 points in 45 games, which is a career high pace for him. Um, there was a time there, I think there was like a week or two where he was just scoring like all of his goals. Yeah, um, because I that was right at the end of the season because I picked him up in fantasy and he was putting up points constantly. <laughs> yeah, so he had like a really good, you know, second half. Um, you know, they they, they uh, traded out Mantha, got Jacob Brana. Looks like a great fit for them. Um, he's a RFA. They have both him and Ernie are RFAs. They have to sign, but uh, you know they've got nothing but cap space. Um, but the thing is that even though they have nothing but cap space, they're still making good deals. They're not overpaying, you know, these guys. Um, and so, and then they just re-signed Tyler Bertuzzi to another two years, um, which is, you know, good. Uh, last year, I think he went to arbitration, and it was quite a, um, a brutal process, and he signed for the one year. So it's nice yeah. to see them, you know, get a little bit more length on that. Yeah, and Bertuzzi, um, too, I believe, was either in trade rumors or he was just general trade bait that he was that it wasn't sure he was going to be coming back to the organization so um it's good for them to be able to get him back for another hopefully couple of seasons just mm -hmm. to help give them some forward depth because he's been there for a while it's nice to have a consistent presence in there yeah yeah and they also got nick letty uh who can bring you know a, uh, another veteran to their their blue line so they've got um you know some, some solid you know older guys on the blue line yeah. to, to mentor some of the younger guys coming up um, you know, and I think that uh, Mort Sider should be making his, uh, you know, his rookie season debut, I guess, um, for the team this season. So that's exciting. You know, they, they acquired Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, things are looking really positive for the, the Red Wings, and I don't think that they're going to be in playoffs this season. But, you know, it's it's looking like in, in probably like two years they will be, you know, yeah. they're on a trajectory yeah. here. Yeah, we see. I'm looking at their cap friendly page, and you're looking at when the contracts end. It really looks to me like that 2023 20, 24 season is the first one that they're going to start going for it a bit, because that's going to give them a couple more years to get some of the defenders that they're um, that they're drafting really high right now. You know, a chance to develop and break into the lineup. Um, they just got, you know, Sebastian Casa in the last draft, and he's going to need a bit of time before he's NHL ready. You know, they're hoping that Nedeljkovic is going to be able to handle the first wave of of rising up in the ranks but so that's kind of the point at which a lot of the current pretty much all of the current contracts they have expire after next season after 2022-23 so heading into 23-24 you're probably going to see a huge overhaul on that roster with a lot of these prospects breaking into the lineup they're probably going to go heavy on forwards in the next draft and they're probably going to get a really good one because they're still going to have a high draft pick i imagine and you're going to see a lot of this this turnover after the next in two seasons. Pardon me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Eiserman's not you know one to rush everybody into the the league, and you know that's kind of always been Detroit's way is to just like put people in when they're ready. And Eiserman uh, seems to be doing that as well here. Um, and you know they've got like you know Lucas Raymond, um, Joe Valino. They've got a lot of really good players or prospects that could be looking to make that jump here in the next few years and it's really going to change the dynamic of their team they're going to be young and they're going to be fast and they're going to you know going to be pretty good you know and <coughs> they're still kind of waiting for Zadina to you know have his uh you know breakout um it's been a little slow for him so you know they're still trying to hope that uh, he can do that and you know fill the pucks of the or fill the nets of the teams that didn't draft him or whatever he said um but yeah I mean they're they're looking They've let a lot of bad ex contracts expire, and they've they, they just seem to be keep signing good ones. Yeah. Um, and so, like it, it, for Detroit fans, like it, you gotta love what Iserman's doing, and like to have that faith in your GM to just be like, "That's a great move." Like we scooped up Pio Suter, that's awesome. We traded for Alex Ndalkovich for like Bernier and something like a third or whatever. Like that's a great move. Like it's just seems like he's uh, 
he's always winning and uh kind of bringing that back to to uh to motor city so yeah. exciting you, for them for sure you uh you already mentioned uh nick letty being brought in so he was kind of their biggest acquisition of the offseason into for skaters anyways nedalkovich is you know probably the best player but it'll be interesting to see if letty can handle the expanded role he's going to get because he's basically the best defender on that roster already and yeah i think he's going to be thrust into a role that's a little bit higher in the lineup than what he was playing in new york uh in new york he was kind of stuck behind or sandwiched in with pelic and pulak but uh detroit is probably going to be a num- like their main guy you know between him i don't think the kaiser's as good as they had hoped but it's basically going to be Nick Letty's defense right now. So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of, you know, thrive in that role or if it's going to be a bit difficult for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to not be, like, the hardest team to play against this season. And, you know, they, they, they're they probably going to add a few more players here. But, you know, they're, they're not going to be uh, top of the league unless, again, there's something super surprising that happens and the team just has, like, unreal chemistry or something. But, you know, they're still going to be they're going to be a bit better i think like uh they're not going to be on buffalo's level for sure um so they're trending up for sure um and then um moving on i guess to the next team here alphabetically is the florida panthers um and for them i think they're probably probably about the same um in in my opinion i mean they they um they lost a few players here um you know, Alex Wenberg signed with uh, Seattle, and um, they lost obviously um, uh, their goalie. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, in the, in the expansion Chris draft, Dreger. Yeah, Dreger in the expansion draft. Um, but you know, they've also got Spencer Knight, who made his debut last season. Um, you know, played in playoffs, looked really good. You know, can he? He can serve a backup. You know, Bobrovsky makes enough money that they should be able to have a cheap backup for him. Um, so if Bobrovsky can kind of, you know, play play like he should and like he's paid to do, that, that, that'll that work out. Um, and then, you know, Ekblad's coming back from injury, so they, they get their number one D-man back. They re-signed Montour and uh, Gus Forsling. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, their, def- their blue line looks okay. Yeah, there might be some depth issues if some of those guys get hurt again, um, but maybe they'll sign some more depth guys. Um, and then on forward, I mean, it's basically I think they're the still they, yeah, they look they look the same. You know, they yeah. they paid a bit of money for Sam Bennett. Um, I'm yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm a bit unsure on that contract. They're giving him a lot of money for what was it, 150 minutes of ice time in his trial run over there at the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's going to be making 4.425 million for the next 4 seasons now. You know, and he had a he had a good 10 game stretch. So, uh that's a that's a bit of a risk. They must see something in Bennett that maybe we don't, but for someone who's kind of got a history of being a bit stagnant uh from his time in Calgary, you know, it's it's we'll see if he can actually uh respond and thrive because i mean 15 points in 10 games through the regular season for bennett in florida but you know he had 12 and 38 in calgary before that so he's obviously gotten he gets way more ice time in florida than he did in calgary and that's part of the part of it is that he's been given a bigger role so you know they're, they're paying him for the role they're giving him so hopefully he can live up to it yeah but then they brought in sam reinhardt so it's like okay so is he gonna have that same level of ice time? They still have to sign Sam Reinhardt, so they yeah. traded for him from Buffalo. But you know, if if Reinhardt is you know coming into that lineup, do they play together? Do they not play together? I just I'm curious as to what their lines are gonna look like because they had Wenberg leave. Um, so does Reinhardt play? You know where he was or I'd say so. Else? So I mean, it, I'm looking at Cap Friendly's depth chart, and I mean they. It looks fairly reasonable where they have Verhegi, Barkov, and Duclair on the first line, Huberto, Bennett, and Reinhardt on the second line. So obviously you'd probably put Huberto on the first line and keep that, you know, Barkov, Huberto thing together. But they've got Bennett playing center, Reinhardt on the wing, and I think that they're both kind of interchangeable between that on the second line. And below that, I mean, mm-hmm. Patrick Hornquist is on the third line, but, you know, with him kind of getting a bit older seems appropriate for the younger guys to pass him and then it kind of gives him a bit more of a a different role to play a better role to play maybe more suited to his play style yeah yeah so i mean like i don't know they seem kind of like 
on par with where they were. Um, Florida seems to be kind of jumping around in the standings all over the place. So like they could be really good or they could be really bad. <laughs> I guess it depends yeah. on on goaltending. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna build off of last season. I think that was a that was kind of their breakout year with a lot of their best players just hitting like their mid twenties, their prime years. Um, they've been able to keep so much of the roster together, and they just have a handful of younger players just uh, starting to make their way up with like Anton Lindell, Owen Tippett. Um, you know, they're, they're breaking out and that first pairing of a potential first pairing of Ekblad and Weger. We, you know, with the season that Weger had and how he jumped up and played such a big role in that team at the end of the last year, at the end of last season. Um, like that's, that's an elite shutdown pair right there. Yeah. Weger's on one of the best contracts in the league right now too. Yeah, he's got you know, a couple two more, more seasons, seasons at three point two five billion. Like that's yeah. insane. Um, and uh, you know we should mention too that they traded out Anton Strawman, so they bought a little bit of cap space for themselves to, you know, keep all the guys and you know to to offer Reinhardt, you know, I don't know, five and a half, six, or whatever they're whatever they're gonna pay him. It's hard to see him making more than Huberto or Barkov, but you know they they have a little bit of space, so um, see what they what they do there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there'll still be a playoff team. It's just like they do jump around a bit in the standings, so I don't, I don't know where the will they end up. Um, but on paper, seems to be pretty much the same team. Uh, and then I guess next up here is the Montreal Canadiens, and this is a team which I think is going to be a lot worse and probably not get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So much worse. Uh, they, <laughs> they likely won't even make the playoffs. Yeah. That, like that's gonna be my that's gonna ultimately be my projections that they're gonna have to miss the playoffs. There's no way they can mimic what they had last season with what they're losing and, and the division that they're being stuck in again. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like Shea Weber looks like he's done for for sure next season, but maybe his career. Paul Byron is also uh, having surgery and is out for long term. Um, Carey Price is looks. They said that he should be good to go after some unique choice of language during the expansion draft to not get him picked um they uh signed david savard um you know they, they brought back chris weidman from the khl um they lost cory perry um signed cedric paquette re-signed some guys um and they brought in mike hoffman yeah, um, so, so i think we both just made the same reaction of just that like kind of hands up eh, unsure face yeah just yeah it's just I think like losing your number one D man, the captain of your team for next team, like it's not a not ideal, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Luckily going into they next had, season. Luckily they have Jeff Petrie who is, you know, basically a pseudo number one defenseman. He just kinda got stuck behind behind Weber, but you know, Petrie's gonna be able to take on most of that load. But he's also thirty three and you know, luckily his his play style is fairly non physical, I think or not very uh, damaging physical. So he should be able to hold out for a bit, but um, that's, it's, it's a drop off compared to last year. Cause you bring in David Savard, who is a good shutdown guy, but he has absolutely no offense in his game. And Shea Weber has quite a bit of offense capabilities. Yeah. I mean like the only thing I can see happening to this team is like they outscore their problems maybe with that whole like, you know, three second line sort of mentality because they're going to have Jonathan Drewin back. They added Hoffman, you know, they still got to Foley. Yeah. And, and they're going to have Caulfield. Josh Anderson. Yeah, they're going to have Caulfield, um, you know, if they and Nick Suzuki. And if they re-sign Kakanemi here, he's at RFA. Um, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Carolina has an offer sheeted Kakanemi, um, <laughs> by the way, um, because of, uh, you know, Montreal offer sheeting Ajo couple years ago um but but yeah i mean like they they might be able to just score a lot maybe but uh their their d-line makes me a little nervous just based on how it's it's you know missing shea weber yeah um, it's not that they have a bad defense they still have a solid a solid top six of on their defense it's just that that drop off from where it was last year because that's kind of one of the things that pushed them as far as they got was having so many elite defensemen yeah yeah and you know no no shade on Savard, but he's not Shea Weber. So, you know, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna decline a bit, I think. And you know, it was surprising they got to the finals at all. And I I do not anticipate them making the NHL or the playoffs. Um, <laughs> they're not even gonna make the NHL next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
so yeah i mean i don't think them that they're gonna be um you know super competitive yeah they'll be a solid middle of the pack team they're probably they're going to win some games just through that same determination work ethic mentality that they had but i mean the the other one that we forgot to mention is the loss of philip Deneau. Yeah. so they kind of had that amazing line of and probably thomas tatar as well but they had that line of gallagher Deneau, and tatar that did so well together for quite a while and they're now they just have gallagher yeah i mean the loss of Deneau, like it's just huge you know that that ubiquitous like centerman that can play in any end of the ice and just like yeah. win you your face off and you know the, that the guy who's like a responsible guy selkie yeah caliber guy right yeah like i mean we'd be totally remiss if we didn't mention that loss like that's that's pretty huge and you know losing him really really sucks for yeah. sure so they, they you know they brought in some some depth guys but none of them are going to be able to really replace that defensive side of the game that dano brought mm-hmm. definitely um all right well i guess we'll move on to uh you know a team not very far physically uh the ottawa senators um, and uh, the Senators had a pretty good, you know, end to the season. Um, they were playing like really good. Um, you they know, a lot of their young last. players. That's that's the big point. They didn't finish last in the division. Yeah, I mean, they had like a that one road trip or whatever when they came out west in Canada, and they just lost <laughs> like a bunch of games. And they lost like what was it like against Edmonton or whatever? They lost like every game. And yeah, they lost all um, nine games versus Edmonton, and basically that was the. <laughs> That was the thing that kept them at the bottom of the standings because they were fairly <laughs> average, slightly below average against everyone else. Yeah, and like they they kind of had a bit of a mini turnaround. You know, they, they just looked like they 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 were hard to play against, even though they were a bottom team. They were hard to beat. They had they um, were energy. You know they they weren't the greatest. They weren't the strongest roster, the most skilled at the time, but it was all of the energy that they had that they were just taking control of games through just that energetic play the, the controlling the pace mm-hmm. yeah and you know they're they're gonna look to build on that and to still be you know a young fast team and you know a skating team as uh, everyone made fun <laughs> of with pierre dorian but like look at it look at it now they you know they, they do skate um and you know they, they traded out dadanov um which i think is great it wasn't a fit i mean the guy had what like 11 points or something like that something yeah. dumb he had like one goal <laughs> or like yeah, he, he couldn't like, find his place with that roster and i mean that's fair like they didn't really have a whole lot to surround him with yeah and like they they've just like i don't think they've been particularly like super busy here in the off season no i mean um, look, like their signings since the the 20th of july i mean they delzato andrew agazino pontus aberg uh cole sherwood dylan hetherington and victor mete and you know mm-hmm. How many of those are re-signings, right? Yeah. So they're they're not yeah, really and, doing a whole lot, which is fine because they're kind of turning a point in the rebuild where they're just filling the the holes in the roster from within. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think like if you look at their blue line, like they've <laughs> it's not bad. Like it's not too bad. They like, actually they're actually at a point of surplus on the blue line where they could mm-hmm. actually trade some of these guys away for forwards to help solidify. Yeah, and that, I think right? like I think like a guy like. Um, Michael Delzato, like he had a really good season with Columbus. Like he was playing a lot of minutes. He actually did pretty good. That might be a guy that they can flip. Like he's on a two-year deal here, yeah. two million. Like if he has an okay season, like they could flip him. Yeah. Um. And then Artem Zub actually, like he that's was a, good. That's for a them. name that I was just thinking of because he he kind of skyrocketed up the depth chart last season. He had a great he had a great season for them. Um. He might be someone that they see as expendable when they have you know jacob bernard docker and eric branstrom on their way up as well giving them more ice time because i i also believe i saw that they intend for victor mete to be like a top four guy wow there's going to be uh you know some competition in there for these spots and they're probably going to find some expendable players that they're going to end up flipping very soon yeah and i think that's that's like a a good and like they also re-sign their coach right um you know the mob boss guy um <laughs> DJ uh, Smith. <laughs> DJ Smith. Um and you know, like having all of these young players and like having this depth and you know, it it could really build a good culture of like competition internally of like, you know, having the best guy out there, you know, you did really good yeah. in that game or whatever and keeping the lineup and you know, your your spot's never safe. Like you gotta keep battling and keep battling and keep battling. And that could be really positive for them. Um and so I think like they 
you know, they could be a bit of a dark horse to, to make playoffs. It's going to be tough in this division, but, you know, depending on how they, they, they start, you know, like they could be kind of surprising. Um, you know, they, they had a lot of really, really good rookies. Um, you know, Tim Stutzler is going to look to build on his season. Josh Norris as well. Um, you know, it, Brady Kachuk is all like just he's the type of player you want to build a team around and him and Shabbat like they're just yep. like such a good combo and yeah that's so you know, important like, for them at the you know the earlier stages of this rebuild to get you know a franchise player to build around I'll call him a franchise player in Brady Kachuk just because he's kind of everything you want out of your you know the face of the team you know contributes offensively on the ice he's physically engaged he wants to be engaged he wants to lead and uh, by all accounts he's just a great person uh, off the ice and for you know in the locker room to build that culture around and to have you know Thomas Shabbat's probably going to be in the Norris contention right away and to have someone like him who's going to be entering his prime years as the team starts to skyrocket up the standings that's going to be amazing to to be able to do that and not have to worry about your defense yeah uh, Thomas Shabbat is somebody I wanted to talk to you about just like you know how does his contract look compared to you know like Seth Jones and like Wierenski you know, they signed him for an eight-year, eight million per contract. Um, I think in, it looks uh, damn good right 2019. now. But yeah, like that looks. If the going rate for <laughs> a defenseman is like nine plus million dollars right now, like that's that's crazy. Like yeah. they were smart to lock that kid down because he he's gonna be their their workhorse. So yeah, you know, it looks a lot better than maybe when he signed it um, now just you know kind of aging well just because of how the market is going um but you know he's he's their guy so you know they 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 did well there um but yeah you know i think i think ottawa you know they didn't they don't really need to do anything they kind of traded out the guy that wasn't a good fit they brought in you know some depth guys who can you know perhaps put a little bit of a fight in for um you know some roster spots but you know they they really just got to kind of got to sign two guys drake batherson and brady kachuk and then yep. they're, they're set yeah so. you're you're totally right like sometimes the best off season is a quiet one and i feel like the state that ottawa is in the focus is just on building that internal team first and then eventually you'll start being able to fill the holes from elsewhere so this year best plan best case scenario is to have that quiet off season and probably over the next couple of seasons the next couple of off seasons is when they'll start being able to be more active yeah. and this this of course is all assuming that melnick is going to pay for the rebuild that's yeah, that's a good point you know are they going to go to the the cap uh you know ceiling or are they going to go to the floor again um we'll, we'll see um i i've always had a soft spot for the ottawa senators and i really do hope that they um you know emerge from uh you know kind of like the basement or mediocrity like just you know after that just that that absolute horror show after they were so close to making the finals with Eric Carlson and then just what their fans have been through. Like, it's just so hard. And I know we talked about Buffalo earlier in this episode, but like, you know, my, I'm a Canadian and I'll always be a Canadian at heart. And just, I got a softer spot for Ottawa just because it's like, I want to see them do well, (laughs) but Buffalo, I want to see them do well too, but it's just not quite as near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, so anyway, I guess we'll move on to the Stanley Cup champs here, Tampa Bay. Um, they lost a whole line for f- of forwards. Um, they lost Yanni Gord to expansion. They lost Blake Coleman. Um, he's he uh, is going to be playing in Calgary, and uh, they lost Barkley Goodrow, who signed a great deal for him uh, with the New York Rangers. And the Rangers are doing some interesting stuff. We'll talk to about them when we talk about the Metro. Um, and then they lost David Savard. Um, and uh, they brought in uh, Brian Elliott to back up Vasilevsky, um, and then they brought in uh, Brent Seabrook's contract, so they're still doing <laughs> some uh, interesting yeah. injured reserve they stuff. They brought in Ben Seabrook <laughs> to occupy the long-term injured reserve. <laughs> exactly, and then they also brought in uh, Corey Perry. Um, so, you know, it's I've seen this joke a million times about Perry now. It's like if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah, right? it, it, it screams, it screams Marion Hosa to me. You lose the finals twice to this, you know, losing the finals twice and then sign with the the team that, or the, sign with the team in the third season and then you win it. So are we going to see the Tampa three feet or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, I I mean I 
I like this, but it's, it doesn't fit with Corey Perry's redemption arc for me. He's he's going back to being the bad guy here. Um, but I, I love it for him. Like, it's awesome for him. And I bet, like, I, I think I saw, like, some rumor that, like, Kucherov was, like, in the handshake line, like, you got to sign here or something like that. And it was, like, you know, like, just a guy they played against, like, two years in a row. And, you know, there was times in Montreal, in that Montreal series, where he was, like, one of their best players. And he was Absolutely. one of the best players for Dallas, too. And yeah. it's, like, you know, yeah, they, they've seen a lot of them. And for him to go there, it just shows that, you know, the coaching staff, the, the general manager, all the players respect him and we're like, we want to play with that guy. If only for the uh, reason that we don't have to play against him in the finals again <laughs> and get, like, cross-checked and slashed and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, get him on our team. And if he's not playing, then we don't have to worry about playing against Corey Perry. Um, and then they also brought in uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, I guess I should mention, too. Um, so another uh, bottom six guy. But, you know, they they... they they didn't really need to do a whole lot again. Um, they resigned yeah. Braden Point. Um, I think I think that Point contract is the main focal point of their offseason. You know, getting Braden Point for eight years at nine point five million per season is an absolute steal. I think this you know Point is at times you know a top five player in the league. He's easily hovering around top ten, and to have him for that price for long term is just fantastic because he can do everything he's a proven playoff performer he goes on these goal streaks you know both of the last two playoffs just a clutch clutch player um you mentioned they lost a lot of front-end talent over the offseason they've got some big holes to fill and they're really going to be looking at guys like um alex Bure boulet and ross colton to jump up farther in the lineup um someone someone that i had seen a lot of interesting talk about is matthew joseph that he's kind of primed for a bit of a breakout season, and it'd be interesting to see uh, if he gets a shot farther up in the lineup. So a couple of years back, he had 26 points in 70 games in his in his rookie season. Um, he hasn't hit that quite yet, but that's also been you know shortened seasons and stuff, so it's hard to hard to really get to that point. But uh, with the losses that they've had up front, then might give it might give more of the younger players a chance to you know break in and find find a new role on the team. Yeah, and and Matthew Joseph is a guy that um, when uh, Alex Kaloran was out in um, the finals with his uh, broken leg or whatever he had, Joseph came in, um, or he stepped up, I guess, in in the lineup and um, did really well. And so, yeah, I think like you know, like I'm not sure if Iserman's hands is are still on some of these players like Ross Colton and Matthew Joseph or whatever, but like you know, it, it's just some of these players that weren't rushed. And uh, you know, are are kind of now breaking in. You know, al even Alex Barry Boulay, like the same sort of thing, right? Like a bit older when they're coming in, and um, and like I think Ross Colden like scored his first shift or something in the NHL. <laughs> it's like yeah, he had a you know, it's <laughs> he had a really hot start where he scored a whole bunch at once pretty quickly, and got got his name on some people's radars. And I think he actually was the he scored the cup winning goal, right? I think so. I think yeah. that was him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like they're they're dressed like, you know, they're they're the cup winner or a cup defender team. Uh, they're still gonna be a favorite to win. Yeah. yeah um, even you know, even like with the losses, I mean, their top six is bar none, you know, the best in the league. I have to say, where they've got two, you know, their first line best in the league, second line probably best in the league when it's all healthy. Um, even their depth looks fine, even with the loss of the loss of Gore, the loss of Coleman. Uh, the loss of Goodrow, like they all looked totally fine, and nothing looked really out of place. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be just fine. Um, you know, the, like their 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 top pl end players are just so good, and you know, Victor Hedman, like you know, talked about this um, about uh, you know some of the the good contract of like Mackenzie Weger, like, and then we're talking about um, you know defenseman contracts in particular. Like Victor Hedman's got to be. Oh yeah one of the top three good contracts in the league oh yeah i mean like 7.875 <laughs> million he's still signed until you know 2024 25 and this you know headman is like top arguably top five top three defensemen in the league i'd like argue <laughs> he put him as the best defenseman in the league you know <laughs> yeah, he's like he, you know he's absolutely in that discussion he's making less than you know five Steph to ten jones. other guys yeah yeah, yeah. Doughty, carlson jones uh hamilton soon to be darnell nurse 
yeah, like that's you need guys to take, you know, not a, like a discount. Might might not have been a discount when he signed it, but it's like yeah. I guess that's the know. other thing we have to factor in is that when he signed that a few years ago, there was probably a you know a higher point. It's probably the equivalent of what you know the nine nine and a half that the guys are taking. Yeah, now. so it's it's aged it just is aged so well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it just allows them a bit more flexibility to, to you know bring in other guys, and um, that's huge. Yeah. You know, if he was making ten million, like, you know, I know we joke about them fucking around with the cap and stuff, but if he was at ten mil, like, you know, they might not have had like uh, Blake Coleman, or they might not have had yeah. Yanni Gord. Well, they would have to resign him or something yeah. like that. They would have had to and buy out, you know, actually buy out Tyler Johnson last year instead of just hold on to him for another year and trade him this off season. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think they're, they're still going to be, uh, you know, battling, I think, probably one other team here for um, first place in the division. But, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be a playoff team again, for sure. Uh, and then finally, everyone's favorite, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so they've, they've, they kind of did this weird switch players with Boston thing. <laughs> they did do that for and, a few guys, and yeah. It, and it wasn't trades. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was just we're gonna sign the guy that's leaving your team, and you're gonna sign the guy that's leaving our team. Um, and so they brought in Nick Ritchie, Andre Kesha, um, and they also signed a couple guys who weren't from the Bruins. Uh, Michael Bunting, who's a guy that uh, kind of you know sharpened his teeth in Arizona last season and made a bit of a name for himself, scoring a few goals um, um, on a really good contract. Um, they they signed Curtis Gabriel, so they got a bit more. Um, you know, someone who can fight. Um, and I think Curtis Gabriel has a lot of, like, positive locker room and yeah, he's, uh, uh, um, he's huge community kind of guy, too. Yeah, he, he Curtis Gabriel is huge in uh, you know, working on the social side of hockey and the, the inclusivity of hockey on, you know, outside of the outside of the rink, I guess. Um, so to bring him into Toronto, like, I feel like that's a good move for the organization especially if they can kind of empower him to do what he does and just help expand the game of hockey and help, you know, fix some of the help fix the toxic culture around it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, they're bringing Spezza back. I think uh, he signed another one year deal or maybe he's on a second year. Um, and uh, yeah. I think Wayne train is staying around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, not like a lot of major changes for them. A lot um, of a lot of swapping in the bottom six, I feel. Yeah, it's yeah. A lot I mean, of the guys, main... it's a lot of guys who are just going to be competing for bottom six spots just to give them some more forward depth. I mean, Andre Kasha and Michael Bunting, I like those signings. You know, Kasha because he's it's a bit of a risky one because the guy just cannot stay healthy, but when he is, he is good. And yeah. Michael Bunting, I think, is just a low risk. Like they got him for nine hundred and fifty k for two seasons. Um. It's very low risk on a guy who had a massive breakout through the middle half of last season. And, you know, that being able to provide some some hopeful depth scoring, something beyond the big the big few players at the top. Yeah. Yeah, and they also brought in David Camp, uh, who was playing with Chicago. Um, you know, bottom six kind of guy. Um, so yeah, they they kinda you know, it seems like um Dubas kinda does this where he just adds a lot of depth changes the little things you know because you know they got so much locked up in the, the high-end guys yeah. change the little things um yeah the nice and, thing uh, is that their defense is going to be able to stay mostly the same they were able to retain most of those guys they're just going to be able to hopefully give you know like sandine a, a full-time job in the lineup and you know start bringing him into the nhl more regularly um hopefully his yeah. game's ready for it because i know there are some questions around that and his, his readiness or certain aspects of his game but the big the big move for them is going to be in net, where they let Freddie thought, Anderson. No, no, walk. no, 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 no. The big move for them is that they're not bringing Jumbo Joe back. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I completely, I completely neglected to, to remember that one. Yeah, but no, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the net. <laughs> yeah, the big move for them was in the net. So they let Freddie Anderson walk. Um, another one of those, you know, we'll sign your player, you sign ours type things with Carolina. Uh, Freddie Anderson left, went and signed in Carolina, and Toronto signed Peter Mrazek. They got him for three years at three point eight million per season, which I think is a fantastic contract for him, or for the team. Pardon me, maybe not for him because he put up solid numbers in Carolina the last couple of years. Um, 
he, he didn't play a whole lot. He I think he I think he gets hurt quite a bit. But uh, the hope is probably for Jack Campbell to you know be a main you know one B kind of guy who can fill in because he had an excellent finally breaking in and staying in an NHL lineup after yeah. uh, taking over, giving him some, some stability in net at the end of last year. But mm-hmm. Mrazek and Campbell as 1A, 1B is probably going to be totally fine. Yeah, I think it's going to be like about as good as you know Anderson was because Anderson also had you know some injury problems last year. So even if Mrazek gets a little dinged up, it's like that's happened to them before. At least they got Campbell now who can uh, you know go in and go on a crazy win streak. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen again, but um, you <laughs> yeah, know, as his, long as he can play competently. might be overrated by the by the incredible streak he had compared to you know what he would be at a baseline level but yeah but you know i think that that you know kind of like tampa toronto didn't have to you know mess with it too much here they, they brought in you know some guys where they needed to to replace guys that they weren't going to bring back and you know try and bring some guys who fit the system in a bit better um you know and you know can't really do a whole lot when you got like 30 plus million tied up in three guys so yeah. you know it's you got to tweak the little things unless you're going to go crazy and trade out, you know, Mitch Marner, like the rumor was at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this will be in contention for uh, first or second in the division. So, um, you know, they, they didn't really get better. They didn't really get worse, but they stayed around the same. Yeah, it's uh, at this point, the, this team is ready to take the next step into contention level, but uh, it's just a matter of finding that clutch play. Yeah, you know that that intangible clutch aspect of the game that they just keep seeming to collapse in the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. they it's uh, it's got to find somewhere they just have to find that kind of playoff work ethic that's going to push them to the next level. They still still we're missing that, and it might just be another couple of years while uh, while the core kind of figures it out on their own. That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at ClapperCast Media or on Twitter at ClapperCast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.